Welcome to Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care, where your host, writer, actor, and producer Candy Washington helps you live a more joyful life with a cheeky dash of pop culture news. Be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and join the conversation on Instagram at Candy Washington. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care. As always, I'm your host, Candy Washington, and I cannot wait to help you lead a more joyful life. So before we dive into today's episode, which will be a very enlightening conversation with RJ Hodge, be sure to check out all of the courses we have down below. If you need more support on your self-love and self-care journey, we have the Art of Self-Love Masterclass, the More Than Enough class, and the Create Your Dream Life course as well. We also have our journey to self-love journal, you guys. Be sure to go ahead and pick that up. It's a great companion piece. And as always, be sure to share this with a friend because your journey to self-love and self-worth is always better with a little bit of support. So with that, let's welcome RJ. So RJ is very inspirational. He is an inspirational speaker, an entrepreneur, a business and personal development life coach. And he also is a certified practitioner in the healing art of Reiki. I think I always say Reiki, Reiki, like Reiki energy. And he's also a best-selling author as well. And we'll get into talking about um, his books and one that he also co-authored with with Lace Brown and George Fraser. So welcome, RJ. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So do you want to tell us just a little bit more about yourself and how did you get on this journey of of self-care and then also being able to teach that to other people? Um, I had to hit the bottom, I think. I think that was the, uh, <laughs> that was the, that was the best way to get there. Um, as you heard in my bio, I'm pretty ambitious. I kind of always have been. And I fell into this mode of I got to reach these goals. And I started to adopt all of those things like, you know, sleep when you're dead. And mm-hmm. it all really just equated to not taking care of myself. And even though things were happening and the success was coming, I was feeling more and more depleted at all times. You know, I would be able to coach clients and I would be able to do some speaking engagements. But when I come home, I'm like, what is this? This just empty feeling. Mm -hmm. And, you know, over time, I thought that was normal, though. That's unfortunate. You know, I thought it was normal. I thought that was a part of success. That was a part of building a business. And I started to find out that what I was really doing was I was sacrificing myself in order to accomplish these other things. And I really just had to change my mentality. And then what I started noticing was most of my one-on-one coaching clients, they were in the same position because you attract what you are. So I was attracting people that were in the exact same position. Either they were entrepreneurs or professionals and they would just burn out. And I started to kind of go on this journey of can you be successful? Can you achieve at a high level? Can you take care of the people that are around you that you love without sacrificing yourself? And it took a while, but I finally figured out that, yes, you can. And ever since I figured that out, I've been really on this whole journey of coaching and helping um, entrepreneurs and working moms. And I'll kind of tell you how that came about because yeah. that doesn't seem to coincide with me a whole lot, but it, it really does. But helping those people still achieve at a high level, still take care of the people that they love, but make sure that they learn to take care of themselves in the process. I love that. But, and, and what came up for me when, when you were talking about, you know, you would get the goals and you've had all this ambition and then you would still kind of feel empty and depleted at the end of the day and not fulfilled to me, like I used to struggle with being really codependent. But it was, wasn't was so much that I wanted to get the goals and I got the goals and I felt depleted because I wasn't taking care of myself. It was more because I was getting my value and my worth out of what I was doing. Yeah. And, so, and so because if I got the client, got the money, got this, did this, did this, then I would be worthy of love. Then I would be worthy of success. Then I would be quote, you know, good enough. And mm-hmm. so that was actually the root cause of the burnout and of the hollowness and of not being fulfilled because I was chasing how I felt about me outside of me. 
So then when I switched it to I'm worthy, I'm enough, I'm valuable simply because I'm here and everything else is just a reflection of of that. You know, I want these goals because I'm worthy of them, not I want these goals in order to be worthy of them. Right. It's like money, then that means I'm good enough. Right. I have to have this to be good enough. I have to write Mm -hmm. the book to be good enough. But it's like, no. I'm already good enough. Therefore, I deserve the money. I deserve the book. I deserve the clients. I deserve this, 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 and this, and this. So to me, that was really what the shift was. So what was your shift for realizing, you know, you can be, quote, successful externally with all of the things without sacrificing yourself? What was that blueprint for you? Um, Well, I've always been a spiritual person. You know, I've always been somebody that, you know, I said, I believe in this higher power. I believe that things are working out on my behalf. So what I realized is that the reason I pushed myself so hard, even beyond what my inner peace was saying, don't go that far. I understood that it was all fear. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't believe spiritually like I thought I did, because the fear was if I don't keep pushing, if I don't do this one more thing, if I don't sacrifice just one more, if I don't, you know, I I can't take care. I can't go there. I can't take care of myself. I got to do this. The fear was that it's not going to happen, you know, and I had to stare that in the face and say, if I really believe spiritually that things are always working out on my behalf, then I have to learn how to rest in that. You know, and that took me actually, uh, I, I teach a whole course on it, but it took me actually being able to recognize when I'm doing something and start to recognize you're tired or you're done with this, but you're pushing yourself because you're scared. You're scared if you don't, then it's not going to manifest. So it started with me start to check myself of the fear. And honestly, once I got grounded and rooted in the fear of you know what? It's going to work out on my behalf anyway, because like you said, I'm worthy of it. You know, I, I believe it. I don't doubt it. And when I got rooted in that, it was easier to go to bed at night, to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I also love that you brought up the spirituality piece as well, because I think exactly what you're saying, you know, it's the fear of if I don't do it, it won't happen. Mm-hmm. But the beauty of believing in like the divine or God or whatever you want to call it, Mm-hmm. that you're not actually a you're not actually doing it <laughs> you know god is doing it through you mm-hmm. and two, you're not doing it alone it's right. not actually your strength it's not actually you know your sweat blood and tears when you surrender to this is what i want to happen this is what i want to manifest i can let go of control which is an illusion mm-hmm. i can let go of the how which is not in my control because again right. it's an illusion and i can trust Absolutely. I can trust that what I can do and how I show up is enough. And I'm going to surrender, you know, that God can take care of the rest, the universe or whatever people want to call it. You know, <laughs> right, right. we're all inclusive with all spirituality. Absolutely. To, me, to me personally, it's God. Right. God can take care of the rest. I mm-hmm. surrender to God. Right. And I also love what you're saying. You believed in like a higher power that everything's going to that's working for your behalf. And I agree. I think the shift is when you say there's a higher per higher power working on my behalf, but there's also a higher power that lives within me, you know, my higher self, my divinity, you know, your God self, the God that lives within you. Mm -hmm. And then you can sleep at night and say, you know what? Because that's where the worthiness comes from. That's where the good enough love ability is that the the divinity that lives within you, that's connected to God, you know, it's not greater than God, but but it's of God from God, your divine that lives within you, you know, that guiding system. And so you can trust and so you can let go. So then you can really rest and repair and take care of yourself because you know that getting it, quote, done actually isn't in your hands. It isn't up to you. You know, you have to surrender to it. That's why you have some people who literally work themselves to death and they still don't have the, quote, goals they want. Or you have people who work themselves to death and they have the, quote, goals they want, but yet they're miserable and they're not happy. So what is even the point? It's really getting into that flow of this is what I want. I already know I'm worthy of it. And I know that a greater part power is already working on my behalf. So I'm allowed to rest and relax. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love that. Love that. And, you know, it takes practice. You know, I will always say, like, you know, when I when I do podcasts or when I'm talking to people, 
it always sounds like, okay, great. I'm just going to, you know, I'm, I'm arresting it and everything is going to be okay. But I always want to give people the practical side of it takes practice. I literally still to this day, I do this day in and day out. And I'm not going to ever say that you actually arrive where you get it perfect. You know, every every day is a is a new goal and a new level and a new, you know, something to just go through where you have to learn to rest in. I don't understand that, mm -hmm. but I believe that, again, it's going to work out in my favor. It's going to work out, you know, and yesterday, a perfect example, I was doing a coaching session and I got a phone. Oh, I got a text. And then I got off of the coaching session and I had to get back on. And I found out that my aunt passed away, like right in that moment. Oh, but so I had to sorry. go back to the coaching session, though. And right. it was amazing. Like I wanted to stop. But that was another practice moment of. I don't believe that I'm really coaching this person. I believe that right. I'm being used as a vessel to send a message to this person. And if I really believe that, then even though my emotions are raging, I can calm that and trust in the fact that something is going to come through me. And the rest of that coaching session was probably one of the best sessions I've ever done because right. I was able to yield in that moment. And again, it takes it takes quite a bit of practice, but getting to that point to where you have that level of trust and you're not always worried, you're not always fearful about what's next and you're not always what ifing, it changes everything about how you see yourself and how you take care of yourself. A hundred percent. And I agree. It's also cultivating a mindset and a, and a lifestyle of just like emotional intelligence, right? Is really what you're talking about where you can say, Hey, I understand that right now my emotions are here. But I can put that in a, I can compartmentalize that and put it over here. I know I'm going to deal with it. And then I can, you know, step into my power of presence of what I actually need to focus on in this moment is my client being the vessel, you know, mm -hmm. for the divine to work through, to talk to the client, give them their message and give them their guidance. And then once I'm done there, then I can be present over here. But a lot of times when people have, um, they're not emotionally intelligent or they're not, and that's like not disrespect or dis, just wherever people right. are in their journeys. We've all are, have greater or lesser degrees of all types of intelligence. Right. right. Mm -hmm. And we can always, like you said, practice and cultivate it. Right. But if you're Absolutely. not aware of it, then that's when you get scattered. That's when something happens and you break down and you get frazzled and you get thrown off course. It's almost like being like an athlete, right? You practice mm -hmm. and you practice and you practice and you practice. So on game day, Whatever is thrown at you, you like, I got this, I got this, I got this, I got this. It becomes like muscle memory because Absolutely. you practice so much for it. And speaking of practicing, don't you have a book around <laughs> this? It's funny because I thought, I thought that I was like, I wrote about practicing. Good little, good little segue. Yeah. 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 Uh, practice is one of my favorite words because I don't, you know, people say practice makes perfect. I think practice just makes it better. And like you said, it's that. It's that level of muscle memory. The more and more you do something, the better you get at it. But yeah, I did write a book called You Can't Practice at the Game. Um, uh, subtitle is The Art of Mastering You, Volume One. And that's really what the whole book is about. It's about how we we don't do things day in and day out. We just kind of wait until the circumstance or the situation hits us and then we try to react to it. And, you know, that's a problem all across the board, especially when you're talking about taking care of yourself, because a lot of times we wait until we hit the depressed state. You know, we wait until, and I did it. I waited, I waited until I hit a level of burnout. And when I say a level of burnout, I mean waking up and, and nobody believes this, but I, I will promise you, I could not move my body. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't, it felt like paralysis. I could not move my entire body. That's just how tired I was. But I let it get to that point, unfortunately, before I said, OK, I can't go on this way. The right. danger about that is that when you go so low, you never know if you'll ever fully rebound. Thank God I did. But yes. I always try to encourage people, don't wait. Start practicing right now. Yeah, and I agree. And I agree. I don't believe practice no. makes perfect. You know, I believe practice makes you prepared. So mm -hmm. it prepares you for the good, but it also prepares you for the storm. It prepares you for the battle. It prepares you for when things don't work out so you don't get knocked off course. You know, practice makes you prepared. And it's like what Oprah said. I love Oprah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> How could you, you know, not, right? How could you not? not? You know, she's like, you know, luck is um, preparation meeting opportunity. You know, so it's like when you have that practice and it makes you prepared, 
when you get the opportunity, then things can happen great for you. Or if it's not the opportunity, it's the opposition, you can still meet it from that place of preparation. Mm -hmm. And I also love how you're saying, you know, don't wait until you hit rock bottom. Don't wait until you get burned out. But, you know, that's you, un, maybe not unfortunately, but normally mm-hmm. a lot of people do have to get to that rock bottom, yeah. which where it's like literally the last resort is learning to take care of yourself right. because we've right. been doing everything but that. So mm-hmm. when the moment you hit rock bottom, the moment there's no other place to go, literally butt up. It's like the last resort, which should have been, just like you said, our defaults, our first result should be taking care of herself. That's what we should be doing in the first place. That maintenance of self-care, of, of self-love, of all of it, your mind, body, emotion, all of it, you know, spirit. Right. But usually it takes us where the last resort is taking mm-hmm. care of ourselves, you know, especially Absolutely. sometimes with mothers. So I know you all have a story about your mother and also how you help um, other working moms and stuff. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Cause I know a lot of mothers could definitely do this. <laughs> yeah. I'm not this, a mom. This, but... <laughs> right. This kind of found me. Um, <clears throat> I was, you know, as I was doing this work and working with clients and I used to be a part of a holistic wellness center where I did personal development coaching sessions all day in person yeah. at our wellness center. And um, after I left there, you know, just, just kind of searching of where I wanted to take my business next I, I produced this course, um, Overcoming Being Overwhelmed, Refuel and Recharge. And talking to a marketing person one day, I was, it was, they were like, well, who's your target audience? And I was like, well, you know, entrepreneurs and this and that. And, and as they were going through some of the stuff that I, that I was saying, they were like, there's a lot of, lot of, you speak with a lot of women. Most of my clients are 95, 97%, you know, women. Yeah. And I started to look at their profiles. And I was like, wow, she's a professional. She's a single mom or she's a working mom. And I was like, why? Why is that? Because I was telling the marketing person, I can't market it that way. You know, I can't market something to, you know, single moms. Who am I? Like, I'm not a single mom, obviously. You know, so I was that's pushing. The, that's, that's a limiting I mean, belief. But I'll, I'll let you go. That's just a limiting I, I belief. Could be a, I could be a single mom one day. <laughs> um, but, you know, <laughs> I was pushing it away. Like, I can't, you know. And the more I started to think about it, I thought about my own story because you're speaking to people that are just like you. And I was like, wow, that's it. I grew up with a single parent working mom. Mm-hmm. That was that was my mom. And my mom was always, you know, working, always trying to provide a better life for me, um, making sure that she had extra money to put me in activities so I didn't get caught up in the environment that we were in and all of those type of things. But then when I thought back, I often saw her overwhelmed. I often saw her stressed out. I often saw her at that end. However, you know, nobody was talking about self-care back then or therapy. All of those things were total foreign concepts. So yeah. the only thing she knew was to keep going. And, you know, eventually my mom developed disease within her body and she passed away a couple of a few months after my 20th birthday. And That's when hard. I started to look back on that, what I realized was that I, I can't prove that all of that stress and overwhelming and not properly caring for herself I can't prove that that caused the dis-ease in her body, but I know it didn't help, mm-hmm. you know? And when I started to look at that, I was like, wow, I am the product of a working mom. I've, I've yeah. lived that. I, I can now hear all of the stories and all of the things that she would say. And I hear my clients saying the same thing. And I'm also an entrepreneur who became stressed out and overwhelmed and, and, and burnt out. So I kind of put those two together and what I saw myself working with and what I was already doing is I was working with working moms who were sacrificing their entire life and their entire being for either that, their kids or their business, you know, also an entrepreneur. So I'm very passionate about that because I wish that this information or this type of information would have been available some 22 uh, some years ago when my mom was still here and she would have took advantage of it. So, you know, my thing every day is I could be saving some young person's mother from burnout and potentially dis-ease and potentially leaving them too early. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really happy you got over that self-limiting belief. of I, Yeah. You know, took a while. Took a minute. To, of course. Of course. It's natural. Like, who am I to talk to this audience? But who are you not to? You know, that's just a limiting belief that 
you know, just because you're a man, you can't speak to women. Like there's a lot of men who speak to women. (laughs) I I think I just didn't want to come across because how they wanted to market it was like, you know, a course for single mom. I didn't want to come across as somebody that was Mm -hmm. insensitive because obviously I don't, I don't take care of kids every single day. So I don't want to pretend I know what that's like. But like you said, when I thought about it, I was attracting that for a reason. So I was really in the right place all along. Yeah, because the funny thing is, you're like, who am I to talk to women, to single moms? But yet, you were already doing it. True, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's right. Like you were already just doing didn't market it like that, but yeah, yeah already doing it. You just didn't have the clarity of like that's what you were already doing. Right. So it wasn't you know? So that to me is just that's a really good um, nugget for people out there who have that same limiting belief of like, well, who am I to start a business? Who am I to coach someone? Who am I to think that I have value to add to this segment of people when usually if you have that seed in you, if you have your thought, just like you were doing, you're already doing it on Mm -hmm. some type of level. And that's why that seed is even there. And then it's just getting clarity of, well, I'm already doing it and I'm the authority of me and I'm going to attract the right people. Some people might get it. Some people might not. That's okay. Mm -hmm. It's not for everyone. It's for the people that it's for. But as long Absolutely. as I stand in my power and as long as I know that, you know, God, the divine is going to work through me, then that's all I really need to know. Very true. You know, and no Very matter true. what you do, you're going to have people who are totally for you. <laughs> you're going to have people who are neutral. They don't care. And true. you're going to have people who don't like you and who are against you. Absolutely. And honestly, the two last groups are none of your business. The only yeah. people who are your business are the people that you serve. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. that's yeah. really so I'm glad, glad I jumped there. Yeah. And now look at all of the value you're adding to people, the lives that you're saving and the lives that you're that you're um, changing, not just the mothers, but for, you know, the little kid that was you, you know, the yeah. sons and the daughters of those women. So absolutely. it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And yeah. do you want to talk about um your other book, Mission Unstoppable. <laughs> Mission Unstoppable. Yeah. Um, it's called Mission Unstoppable Extraordinary Stories of Failures and Blessings. So pretty long title. But, um, <laughs> you know, my whole life is a testament of what God can do. Um, this was a co-authored book with Les Brown, who is a world-renowned motivational speaker. We all know him and love him. Um, and also George Frazier, who puts on the biggest networking conference in the country every year called Power Networking. And um, long story short, I was talking to somebody. I was writing my book, The Art of Mastering You, and I was talking to a friend. And he said, Les Brown and George Frazier are doing a co-author book. You would be great for it. And I'm like, OK. But I thought it was a hypothetical. And his friend said, call this number and tell George, I said, you need to be a part of it. And I'm like, Again, limiting beliefs. How limiting is that going to work? Yeah. I don't know this person. And Why long story short, right. I called, mm-hmm. I made the phone call. We talked, told him about what I was doing, who I was, what I had going on. And I became a part of that book. But the book is about the things that we go through in life that, you know, we call failure. But in, in all actuality, it's a blessing. It is the thing that propels you to the point that you're supposed to be. And, you know, most people, if you've had any breakthroughs in your life, when you look back, you can look back and look at some of the things that you've gone through that seemed like it was for nothing. Like, why was I there? And you'll notice that, oh, I was there because I picked up a certain skill that coincides with where I am today. You know, or you'll look back and you'll understand why that relationship didn't work because that person wouldn't have been able to exist in this new realm that you're in, they wouldn't have been able to come with you. Not, not, not any slight to them, but that's just how it goes. And, you know, that's what it is about. It's about 35 different authors. We all came together and we're talking about our stories. And and my story is me just literally feeling unworthy. Um, I felt like that a good portion of my life, like I said, you know, not to paint a sad story, but my, my dad died when I was seven, my mom, a few months after my 20th birthday, Uh, my sister at the age of 35. And I literally one night, it was a Friday night in Atlanta. I was riding around the city. I'm 21 maybe. And I was just angry. And I don't know what pointed me in this direction, but I ended up in the back of a church chapel. Um, This church used to do like corporate prayer and they would let anybody in at like 11 p.m. at night. So, 
you know, if you're 21 and it's a Friday night and you're in the back of a church chapel, something ain't going right. <laughs> you know, because 21, you're usually out and you're partying or something. I was in the back of this church chapel, like crying and just praying because it felt like my whole world was gone. And what I got out of that was this, this statement called born to win. And I didn't know what it meant. But for me at that time, it meant you're still worthy. You still have value. Keep moving forward. And some few years or so later, whereas I didn't, you know, it was a good moment, but it still was a dark moment. I ended up starting my very first speaking company where I empowered youth. And we ended up branching off and going into the UK. And the name of that speaking company just so happened to be Born to Win. Mm. And everything about what I got that night was incorporated into that speaking company. So that's the story that I tell uh, a lot more in depth in that book, Mission Unstoppable. But it just goes back to you know, some of the darkest times, some of the things that we don't understand that we would call a dark moment or a failure, those yep. things are really the blessings in our lives that got us to where, where we needed to be. No, 100%. And like you're saying, I don't know like how I got there. Well, it's like we were saying before, we're not in this alone. You know, sure. God led you there. And it's like when we get to that darkest moment where the rock bottom, like we were saying before, where it's like, my last resort is taking care of myself, right? right? So it's like when you get to that darkest moment where you're not even in control, not to sound cheesy, but did you ever see that thing where it was like footsteps on a, on the beach? Yeah. And it was yeah. like, God, this was my worst horrible time in my life. <laughs> right. Why would you leave me? And it was like, no, child, that's when I carried you. Absolutely. And I think it's like that moment when it's like, I know it's not my strength. I have no strength. I'm at rock bottom. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm completely deplete. I'm just crying out. And it's like, that's when God carries us. Mm -hmm. So you were carried there. And I think that sometimes, even in those darkest moments of like failure or trauma or just feeling alone, the whole purpose of it is to remember that you're actually not alone. Absolutely. You know, God is always with you. Mm -hmm. Always. You know, yeah. and it's even though it's through those moments that he carries us. And you were carried there. Yeah. And the message you got was you're born to win. You know, you were born worthy. You were born enough. You were born lovable. It's intrinsic and it's inherent. No one can give it. Therefore, no one can take it. Absolutely. And it's always yours no matter what. Right. And yeah. even during that darkest time, that is when he carries you. Absolutely. And I think that's a good reminder for, you know, for people, because I know I know I know people go through all types of stuff in all types of dark times. But to remember that it doesn't last long. And like you said, God is always carrying us because I know in that dark moment, it can pollute the things that you see, you know, and as much as you feel like, you know, that sometimes if you're not reminded of that, you'll allow yourself to see an end when it should be just a comma and you're moving forward from that point, you know? So I think that's a, that's a big thing. Cause I I've had, I've had some moments to where I know I have faith, but this feels so real that it's hard to see beyond that. And that's why I'm such a proponent today of, you know, working with people and teaching people start doing this work now because yes. I, I never want anybody to go so far down to the bottom that they don't recover because we're seeing that now we're seeing where, you know, unfortunately yeah. people are committed, committing suicide at a high rate yeah. because they're falling to the bottom so low that their, their vision is blinded at that point and they can't see that there's anything beyond this and they do, you know, something that's absolutely drastic. So, mm -hmm. you know, that that's my biggest thing is for people to slowly start understanding how to incorporate taking better care of yourself, you know, not just vacations, not just spa days, not just sand toes in the beach when you like when you Google self-care, but the practical things of how do I stop negative thoughts? How do I quiet my mind? How do I not overextend? How do I stop self-sabotage? Those real right. things that you need to incorporate daily. That's my whole life every single day. hundred percent. And like, you know, some of those things are like meditating and mm -hmm. journaling, prayer, prayer is huge, you know, connecting to something bigger than you. And just, and like, you know, we talked about Oprah, you know, she says that one of her, you know, biggest prayers is just help. You know, when you're in that moment of darkness and you just feel hopeless, sometimes the most powerful thing you can just say is help. Even if you don't know who you're asking or what you're asking, just say help. And I promise you that help will come.
Mm-hmm. It will. It, it will come. And I also think people shouldn't be afraid to seek support. You know, if you are struggling or you're not sure, you know, find a life coach, find a therapist, find a counselor, find a a supportive community. Sometimes your family isn't the healthiest of families to turn to. Sometimes your current friend group is the problem. So find a chosen community that is actually supportive of you and and cultivates you and can hold a safe space for you. Sometimes it might be a a spiritual leader. Maybe it's a pastor or a rabbi or whatever preacher may be. Maybe it's a therapist or a counselor or a mindset coach, but don't be afraid to ask for help. I think there used to be the stigma around taking care of yourself and getting support. Like, Oh, you're crazy. You know, just pray about it. Yes. Pray about it. 100%. God gives us prayer. That's a tool. But God also gives us people who have the ability to help and support us. You know, if you want to, you know, check on your bank account, you're going to call your bank teller. If you want to work on your body, you're going to go, you know, call a nutritionist or a personal trainer, you know? Mm -hmm. So if you want to work on your mindset, if you want a healthy mind, if you want to work on your emotional intelligence, if you want to work on, you know, your consciousness and awareness, why not get help for that? You know, if yeah. you wanted to be a business owner, you're going to go get your MBA somewhere. Why? So if we seek support, help and guidance in every other area of our life, you know, if I'm sick, I'm going to go to the doctor. If I have a cough, if I break my arm, mm-hmm. I'm going to go to the dentist if I crack a tooth. If in every single area of our life, we seek support from an expert from someone who has education on it to someone who has more experience and wisdom than we have on it, why would we not seek support when it comes to taking care of our spirit and our mind? Absolutely. Two quick things. Um, Yeah, go for it. The first thing, I, I love that you said this because if you watch videos and you see people talk about this topic, we know we often tell people, you know, if you're going through something, go talk to somebody. And I'm glad you said it better. Don't just talk to somebody no. because somebody <laughs> might not be the, the, the person for you to talk to. And a lot of times I think when people are going through things, we go straight to our peers. We go to people that are just like us, typically in the same or similar situation as us. And no disrespect, but I always tell people if we're on the same level, the only thing we can do is balance each other out. We can tell we can trade war stories and you can relate to me and I can relate to you. But if you're where I am and you haven't gotten beyond that, you probably can't help me get beyond that. So, like you said, it's very key. Go go to a therapist, find a qualified, you know, coach, find somebody who has overcome in that particular area that you that you're working on. But don't just go talk to, you know, your cousin who is in the same spot that you're in, because, yeah, it'll be a great venting session. But. Will you really learn anything of how to process that? So that's a that's a great point because I, I see so many people saying, yeah, go talk to somebody. And we typically typically will go talk to the most comfortable person that yeah. is close by, which is somebody that's probably going through something you know similar to us. And then the number two thing is something that I have to fight people on sometimes. And, and I always tell people, as much as we create financial budgets, right? We put all types of stuff in our budgets, vacations, our home, put a mental health and I call it the you budget within mm-hmm. your budget. Because yeah. if you notice within your budget, look at all the stuff you spent money on. Everybody's about to do their taxes soon. Look at all the stuff that you spent money on last year and ask yeah. yourself, was any of that stuff for my personal development? Was it books? Was it courses? Was it therapy? Was it coaching? And if all of it was just vacations and shoes and clothes and cars and, you know, and don't get me wrong, I love all of those things. But if it was yeah. all those things and nothing that could work on your internal, then ask yourself, how are you going to get better? And I know a lot of times when it comes to coaching, you know, I talk to people, I do consults and they go, oh, my God, I can't afford that. But I always say, go back and look at what you spent money on last year. Yeah. It's not that you can't afford it. You just didn't. Number one, you didn't make it a priority enough. And then number two, you didn't actually financially budget for you. So Mm -hmm. that that's a point that I always want to make to people. This is the start of a new year. Make sure you have money in your budget, just like you have money for groceries and you have money for all. Make sure you have money for you, because just like you take care of your physical self, you have to take care of your mental, spiritual and emotional self just the same. 
Exactly. Like money is like time. People spend it where they want to. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if somebody wants to make time for you, they will. Absolutely. <laughs> but if they don't, they'll make an excuse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and same thing with how people spend their money. Oh, I can't afford that until you can't afford it on something you want to. So it's making that shift of making your mental health and your personal development a priority. Because when you prioritize something, the time frees up and the money shows up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, you know, and like I said, I know it's not something that we're that we're typically taught. But, you know, I always tell people how I how I always break, break it down. I always say, look at yourself in two different parts. You know, on the one side of yourself is your physical self. And it's it's interesting how we unconsciously take care of our physical self. I don't care how busy you are, how, how many businesses you're running. At some point within a 24 hour period, you'll find you'll find food. Right. You will find food. I don't care if it's the worst, most terrible food you ever had in your life. You will find food because, number one, your body craves it. You feel it and you understand that it's a must. It's necessary. You'll find water. You'll find some way to hydrate yourself. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to this other side of ourselves, this mental, emotional, spiritual self, a lot of times we'll go days without nourishment. You know, yeah. we'll go days without properly taking care of that. The tricky part is, is that you don't often feel these symptoms on the mental, physical and spiritual side as quick as you feel those physical symptoms, you know, but those those mental and emotional symptoms are stress. You know, it, it's it's not feeling the way you're supposed to feel. Or I always say, if you just say, I feel some kind of way, like nothing is wrong. Yeah. You just you just feel blah. That That means that you're probably malnourished on that side of yourself. So in that same light, I always tell people, make sure every single day, you know, I create this parallel for my clients where when you're eating breakfast, what are you doing for your mental and emotional self? It could be listening to something inspirational. It could be reading something or whatever the case may be. When you're, um, you know, uh, eating lunch, when you're doing these things, I try to get them to parallel when I'm doing something physical, what am I doing mental? So that you don't break this cycle of taking care of both sides of yourself. Yeah. And I don't think it's that you don't feel it as quickly. I think it goes back to what we what we touched on earlier. It's normalized. It's True. normalized um, dysfunction of mind, body and self. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, but just like you said, I just feel a type of way. You normalize it. Well, this is how I feel. Right. You, like, you normalize the stress. You normalize the busyness of the mind. And so since it's normal to you, you don't address it, even though it's still toxic and traumatizing and unhealthy, but right. it's just what you normalize to yourself. So it's actually teaching yourself that the normalization of dysfunction isn't unhealthy and teaching your body a new normal, a healthier normal, right? Absolutely. Because yeah. a lot of times when you grow up in that dysfunction and chaos, it becomes normal to you. Right. Yeah. And then when you grow up, you attract that because that chaos, that trauma is what you thought was normal. Yeah. Yeah. You and know? people tell you it's normal. You know, I, I was always taught that stress is just a part of life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that. Life that's what hard. I was taught growing up. Life is stressful. You got to right. give up stuff. You know, you can't have this. And if you want that, you know, you got to grind, you got to hustle, you know, all of that mentality. I I don't hustle. I don't grind. I flow. I did it. It's a it's a it's a it's a bad way of being. And I see all of these like people on social media saying things like if you want to succeed this year, lock yourself away for, for six months. You know, don't come out. Don't talk to anybody. And I'm like, Who? And I, but the sad part is somebody's watching that and they're going, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I got to do. And I'm just like, that's not human. You know, it's not human at all. But, lose your mind and your life. Like, yeah, no. absolutely. But we've been, like you said, we've normalized that Normalize in order to, to achieve. You have to sacrifice all and you have to give up all. And it puts us in a position. And what I always say is that, and I think you said it earlier. So what if you get to the level that you want to get to? Matter of fact, um, as a, a mystic by the name of Sad Guru, and he says, you know, so what if you are effective in this world, yet a mess within yourself? Exactly. And, you know, when I first heard that, I was like, OK, that makes perfect sense, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what's going on outside of you. If what's going on inside of you doesn't match that, you're still not going to be happy. You're still not going to be where you want to be. A hundred percent. Because because 
the, people forget that the purpose of their life is to be fulfilled within themselves. Right. Not to, you know, yes, we want to take care of other people, but that's not the purpose of our life. That's that's right. the overflow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the purpose of your life is to learn how to fill your own cup first, to love yourself, to take care of yourself, to honor the life that God gave you. Right. You know, not to get all these things to impress other people because other people don't really care at the end of the day. No, <laughs> they're worried about themselves. And it's not also not just normalized. There's also that it's glamorized too. like, oh, girl, I'm booked and busy. I'm like, oh, that's right. <laughs> right. It's like I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed by that. You know, it's like a, it's like a it's like a badge of honor. I'm booked. I'm busy. I got this. I got this. I can't. Da, 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 da. I'm just going. I'm going. I'm going. And I'm like, well, that sucks. I'm like, I'm good. I'm in my flow. Things just come to me. You know, I make yeah. money overnight. It just it's I'm in my flow. I'm good. I always have enough time to take care of myself and everything else I want. I'm in my flow. Yeah. I always say you when know? your peace becomes also, your success. Like, nope. Just flow. Just flow. Yeah. When your when your peace becomes your success, everything changes. One hundred percent. Yeah. When when your peace and how you feel and being happy and being in the moment, when that becomes the height of your life and the height of your success, all of those other things will just be added unto you. You know, and it, 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 it took me a while to figure that out and to get there. But the moment I got there, it was just this. It's almost like this burden just lifted because it was just like. I'm I'm at peace. I'm I'm happy. Like I'm I'm cool. I'm not in a rush necessarily to do much, you know, but it still gets done and it it all still happens. But yeah. I'm such a I'm such a different person today where it's just like I just kind of flow. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know, gotta, that's the best place to be. Yeah. I, for for me, I had a light bulb moment when I realized, oh, wait a minute, my happiness is enough. Mm. Wait a minute, my actual priority and I, and I and I live by this affirmation I live by this mantra that my own well-being is my first and best priority at all times mm-hmm. and it's not selfish it's not ego based it's not it's not that mentality that like I'm just going to do me I don't care about anybody else it's not that <laughs> right, right. It's, not, it's not that mentality it's my own well-being how I feel about me taking care of myself honoring my own divinity taking care of my body my mind my spirit that is my first and best priority because taking care of myself is the highest form of gratitude to God for the life yeah. that he gave me. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. your life is a gift from God. God yeah. gave you your life. So how dare I disrespect him by not taking care of it? You know, yeah. if I gave a child a gift and it broke the gift and didn't take care of the gift and knocked the gift around and, and you know, ripped it up and didn't take care of it, I'd be like, wow, what an ungrateful child. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're not, you're not buying that child much more. Like Exactly. But if I gave a child a gift and that, and that child took care of that gift, you know, it let, it let the gift rest when it, when that gift needed to rest, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it showered the gift with love. It was compassionate. It was forgiving. It took care of it. I'm going to be like, wow, you really appreciated the gift I gave you. Absolutely. Wow. Look at how many more gifts I have to give to you. That's why when you show appreciation for who you are and what you have, absolutely. Everything else comes to you even more and easily. And you have to, that's when you stop working for it. And that's when you get into a place where you attract it to you. Yeah, absolutely. It it brings the story of, I had a, um, um, a debate one year. I had a coaching client who was a, uh, she's a pretty big pastor, you know, has a pretty big church, a Christian pastor, and just burnout, burnout, overwhelmed. Of course, she's always doing something in her ministry. And we're having a session. I said, listen, you got to, you got to slow down. And she said, I won't say exactly what she said, but she said, (laughs) she said, in so many words, she said, you don't have my calling. She said, so you don't understand (laughs) who I have to help and what I have to do. And this is bigger than me. And, and, you know, and and something just clicked. I said, well, the very book that you are basing your life off of, I said, if you look at it, watch how Jesus ministered. He he did it. And then most of the time in the next sentence and he went to the other side. Yeah. You know, he 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 went before the people and then he left. And, and, And I was like, that was the ebb and the flow. He was going before the people to do what he was supposed to do. And then he was going away to refuel and to recharge and to. Yeah. Make sure he was ready to do it again. I was like, but he's ebbing and flowing. And 
what I eventually got her to understand is that you're just ebbing, <laughs> you know, yeah. you're just, you're just giving and giving and giving, but you're not breathing back in. And I was like, you're defying the laws of nature. We, we breathe in and we breathe out to do either one without the other just doesn't work, you know? Also, and oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, you're fine. So, so yeah, that just brought that story up to me and it was like, yeah, okay. So this is, this is pretty divine of how we're supposed to be living anyway. Exactly. And, and your call. And I think, and I get what she's saying again, it's that, it's that weird mindset people have, Right. but your calling is never greater than you. Right. Your calling is great through your own greatness because mm -hmm. you are so great. Therefore your calling is so big, not the calling is big and therefore you're so great. No, 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 no. That's why you are the vessel of it. Right. That's why God uses you to, you, God uses you through the calling, not the calling through you. Mm -hmm. But you can't yeah. have, a, you can't ever put more into a container than what the container can hold. Therefore, the container is always greater than what it's containing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So if you are the container, you're greater than it. Yeah. And also, yeah. you know, God sees you and your calling not less than the people you're helping. Right. Like your well being isn't less important than the well-being of the people that you are helping. Yeah, yeah. That makes you know, sense. That makes sense. Doctor and help people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, you know, and I had to I had to come to grips with I serve, I don't save. Exactly. You know, I, I I serve. I go do what I'm supposed to do, but I can't save you. I can't that's not my you job. Can get a and I think water, but you can't make a drink. Absolutely. But I think when you mix that up and you start trying to save people that's when it becomes a burden because now you're yeah. carrying something that you weren't meant to carry in the first place. So it's, it's going to be too heavy. It's going to be overbearing because it wasn't yours to carry. And, you know, when I started realizing that even within my whole, my own coaching practice, because there were times to where I literally would tell one-on-one -on -one coaching clients, you can call me anytime outside no. of sessions. No, yeah, no. I said that. And, it's called and, boundaries. And, and everything in me, even repeating that I said that at one time, cringes because I'm like, cringes how did I ever say that? Yeah, because because they because people really will take you up on that. And I yeah, finally understood that's saving. Don't call me at one o'clock in the morning. Like yeah. I can't help you. Like I served you in the session. I'll serve you in all of the other things that are set up around this. But that's it. Like there's no. There's no saving. There's no calling me in the middle of the night with, with your issue or your drama. And I didn't understand that at first because I thought I'm here to help. But right. I didn't understand what that word help really meant. Exactly. Yeah. The help is to support and guide, not to rescue and save. Because mm -hmm. if you have a savior and rescuer complex, then you're actually working in delusion because you cannot control anybody literally the only person on this earth you have the actual power to control is yourself. Mm -hmm. So if you think you have the power to save somebody else, you're actually working out of an illusion, the illusion of control and the delusion that you can actually save somebody else. And right. then it also goes into like God complex. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not God. Right. It's in me and I'm of God. So it's not my place. You know, God can work through me, mm -hmm. but I'm not a substitute for God. I am a vessel of God. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. and so and then we also have to honor our own humanity. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, God lives in me, but I'm also having this human experience as flesh and blood candy. Right. And with flesh and blood comes limitations. Mm hmm. You know, yeah. and, and boundary setting. And I, I used to like, thought I knew what boundaries were, Pfft, had no idea. Cause I used to be super <laughs> codependent, but now I'm like, no, I got my boundaries together. Right. Like, to me, I think boundaries is the space where I can love myself and love you at the same time. Absolutely. I'm no longer sacrificing my health and my safety, my mind, who I am, my well being, calling it loving you or helping right. you. Or saving you, you know, mm -hmm. but yeah. I can help, I can help you and I can support you and I can love you, but I also need to help support and love myself. And a boundary is a space that lets me do both at the same time. Absolutely. And that, that made me think about my, my, my clients, my working moms, because they yeah. will say that, but when it comes to those kids, then it's kind of like, okay, 
all bets are off. But what mm -hmm. I have to help them realize is that you even have to have boundaries around the kids as well. You have to have boundaries of how many activities can they be in? How many things can you go to this week realistically? Like, mm -hmm. is that really attainable? Is that going to burn you out? You have to have those boundaries even around the people that you most love, the, you know, the most in this world, because a lot of times it's easy to set boundaries around, you know, friends, associates, things like that. But those people that you feel, you know, truly, you know, attached to, sometimes it's harder, but those boundaries, they exist for everybody, you know, no matter who it is, even if it's your own child, you have to, you know, practice this first law and that's self-preservation, because if you don't preserve you, then you cannot help anybody else. Yeah. And also, I think two things have been talking. One, yes, we have to have boundaries with the people we love the most, but we sometimes forget to have boundaries within ourselves. Like, what are our own personal boundaries? Like, what are you committing for yourself? You know, maybe you're, you have your own boundaries that you want to say to yourself, like, I'm going to stop drinking or I'm going to drink less or I'm going to stop smoking or I'm going to start doing this. So if you betray your own personal boundaries and goals for how you want to love yourself and take care of yourself, then you'll probably betray your boundaries and goals with other people too, because sure. how you treat yourself is always reflected in your other relationships. Mm -hmm. And then I also think... Um, What's also powerful about what you're saying with mothers doing boundaries with their children, just like you said, you know, you watched your mother, you know, work herself to death and then you grow, grew up to work yourself to almost death yeah. because you have to remember your children are watching. Absolutely. So what you're showing your child is, oh, being a good person means sacrificing myself. Oh, yeah. being successful means working myself to the bone. Oh, right. being a good mom, being a good parent means, you know, not being happy, not having your own life, you know, not being fulfilled, not knowing who you are, not having your own hobbies and fulfilling yourself and having a sense of who I am, you yeah. know? Yeah. That, so your children are watching. And Absolutely. are you teaching them that in order to be a, quote, good person, you have to be a doormat? You have to be codependent? You yeah. have to work yourself to death? You can never say no? You have to always be giving? You can't think about your own well-being? Is that what you really want to teach your children? Because yeah, they're not, watching. I'm sure you don't. And then they copy, and then they grow up, and they mimic. Yeah. That's, yeah. Why we, that's, that's the essence of a generational curse. You see what you grew up in, and then you grow up and you mimic it. Your children see what you grew up in, they grow up and they mimic it. That's when people say this type of abuse runs in the family. This type of alcoholism runs in the family. This type of mental illness runs in the family. Or that's just how we are. That's just how mama is or whatever the case. That's how daddy was, Uncle John. Right. Right. It's a generational curse. Yeah, yeah. And you have to unlearn some things. You yeah. have to heal. And when you heal it, and you stop and you choose differently, that's actually how you break a generational curse. It's yeah, through your true. own personal healing. Yeah, yeah. And, and I always say you have to unlearn some things if you plan mm -hmm. to move forward in a different way. And one of the biggest things, the biggest mentalities, especially for, for working moms, is when you have kids, you know, the, the world tells you or society tells you, it's not about you anymore. Yeah, it's all about the kids now. It's, all about, it's not about you anymore. Right. And you cannot internalize that. You have to unlearn that statement yeah. because if you believe that, then you believe that at that moment, your life is over and it's all about somebody else. And what you soon find out is that's probably one of the biggest myths that anybody could have ever, you know, perpetuated. So yeah. I always tell people there's a lot of things and a lot. Of, I usually go through with people and have them recite to me, like, you know, what does it mean to be a mom? What does it mean mm -hmm. to be an entrepreneur? And I have them go down all of these things that it means. And I pull out those things of, we, we got to get rid of that. <laughs> we got to yep. get rid of the way you think about that, because those are the building blocks that, that are causing you to, you know, to continue to go in that same direction. So. Yeah. And think yeah. about it. Like that's just nothing but the patriarchy to control the guilt, blame, and shame because mm -hmm. a man, you would never tell a man your life is over now that you're a father. I, I've never heard right. that before. No. Never heard that before. It's or, or it'll be like, oh, now you got to go out and get it to to provide or whatever. You got to really yeah. focus on your career now, which is still yourself and what you're mm -hmm. doing and fulfilling your hopes and your dreams. But to a mother, 
oh, well, now it's all about the kids. Because what being a good mother is, is sacrificing yourself and everything else for your kids. Mm -hmm. And again, like you said, it's unlearning. It's, I don't know if this is a word, but it's unnormalizing the dysfunction. Because it's actually dysfunctional. It's dysfunctional and it's unhealthy to have that mindset that now anything outside of you, your life is now over and you have to surrender and sacrifice your entire life. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah. And, and, you know, the good the good sign is, is that I, I do believe that people, a lot of people are coming to this mentality yeah. of I do have to take care of me. I, I do understand that putting me first is subsequently putting everybody else first because I'm taking care of me in a better way. Therefore, I have, you know, more to give. I can give the excess out of the cup versus what's in the cup. And, you know, as much more as there's work to be done, I think people are learning that, you know, I got to come up with some routines. You know, my thing is, is just to give people practical things, strategies that they can start practicing every single day so that they're not just relying on, like we said before, going on vacation or going to the spa. And those things are great, but those aren't things that you do every single day. They're not daily routines for the most part. So just giving people other practical things that they can do. What are some examples of those daily routine stuff? Um, of course, you mentioned one of them. One of them is, is meditation. I teach a lot about meditation. Um, I call it from a very simple standpoint because, you know, for me at one point, meditation just sounded foreign. I was like, Med- how? Like, you know, people was like, just sit. I'm like, I'm sitting, but this ain't working for me. So I've come up with some ways that makes meditation extremely simple. Um, I talk about one of the strategies of getting rid of the fear. Um, And how I start with people on getting rid of the fear is learning to interrupt the negative thoughts, Um, thoughts when they come up, how to speak something that's contrary to that thought to interrupt that thought. Also talk about um, these three E's that I have people pay attention to every single day, your exposure, your environment, your experiences, those things feed you. You know, so what are you exposing yourself? Are you exposing yourself to more of, you know, it's all about the kids now, or like mm-hmm. you said, in order to be a good mom, or, you know, this is just what moms do, or in order to be an entrepreneur, you can't, you can't stop. Are you exposing yourself to more of that? Because that's feeding to the inside. That's going to create the thoughts. Then we're going to have to work on more so of stopping those negative thoughts. So I talk about a lot of things that just help people pay attention to things every single day. I'm doing a a 21 day challenge right now with just a few clients. Um, And the challenge is about not referring to or talking about anything that's not unfavorable in your life right now. And if you have to mention it in any subject matter, you have to figure out a way to speak about it in a favorable manner as if it's already resolved. Because Mm -hmm. the goal is, is after these 21 days, you don't entertain or give your attention to the things that you don't want. That's a big part of the psyche and what goes on within, which causes the chaos, which eventually causes the stress and causes all of those things that we don't want to deal with. So a lot of very practical things that are, you know, pay attention to this. And again, my favorite word in the world is practice. You know, we practice these things. We come back. We talk about what did work, what didn't work. And we just keep building upon that. But the course kind of lays out a bunch of different things to just start practicing and paying attention to on a daily basis. Love that. Thank you so much, RJ. I know yeah, my cup you. is full and overflowing after our conversation. Absolutely. So I just have two more questions for you. One, what is one thing, if we got nothing else out of our time together, what's just one thing you want to leave us with? And then also, where can we find you? Where can we connect with you? And where can we find you and get your books and your coaching and your 21-day challenge and all the great stuff? Um, If you got nothing else, make you a priority. I know we've heard it before. It sounds good. It's cliche. It's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. But when I say make (laughs) when I say make you a priority, ask yourself every single day that I love on me, that I take care of me in the midst of everything that you did, build a business, go to work, cook, feed kids. Ask yourself, what did I do for me? And if you can honestly say that you did nothing for you, even if it was just 20 minutes of quiet time by yourself, then I want you to start changing that every single day. Something has to be done for you. Something has to be done to promote you. Something has to be done to love on you. Something has to be done to heal you. And you have to tell yourself, 
I, it's not that I don't have time to do it because I can make the time because I'm resting in the fact that whatever time that I'm taking, you know, this higher power will take care of whatever it is that I'm not doing in that moment. And you just have to take that moment for you every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as where you can find me, um, you can find me at rjhodgesspeaks.com. And you can also find me at RJ Hodges Speaks on all social media platforms. And one more place is my main website, which is artofmasteringyou.com. Great. And I will also have everything linked down below in the description box and the show notes. So for everybody watching, thank you so much. And also, if you're listening on our podcast platforms, don't forget to subscribe, like, share, rate, and review. And of course, if you need extra support, check out all of my courses down below and also grab the self-love journal and also book some one-on-one coaching time if you just need some extra support. And as always, be sure to share this with a friend because your journey to self-love and self-worth is always better with a little bit of support and community. So with that, you guys, I love you. And as always, take care of yourself and each other. We'll see you next time, guys. Welcome to Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care, where your host, writer, actor, and producer, Candy Washington, helps you live a more joyful life with a cheeky dash of pop culture news. Be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and join the conversation on Instagram at Candy Washington. Let's go.